The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at GuidedWest11, on Instagram at GuidedWest, and on Twitter at LauraWest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book, Guided, is available on Amazon and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. In this episode, I want to talk about where I am now and where I was and how I got to where I was to where I am now. I share stories from others in my interviews, asking them very similar questions. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be kind of interesting to also share my journey? And that way, you know (laughs) a little bit more about me and where I've come from and perhaps why I'm so passionate about this. Currently, where I'm at is I'm hosting a podcast. That is my most current venture. I've also written a book pretty recently. It published last fall, but I've written a book about a lot of my journey and about soul teams and everything like that. I do readings for people, a lot of psychic mediumship readings, a lot of connecting with their soul teams. And when I say soul teams, I mean spirit guides, angels, ascended masters, source, ancestors, etc. One thing that I've learned about spirit is you never put limits on anything. Anything is possible. Absolutely anything is possible. And it always is beyond our human brain's comprehension to really understand or perhaps grasp just how possible anything is with spirit. I've created and I continue to create a community of others who are curious like me, exploring like me, who might be more open-minded to these sorts of things as well, and who have had experiences perhaps similar to mine, maybe not completely, but we enjoy sharing stories with each other and we enjoy sharing our experiences and, you know, the difficulties and the profound moments as well. I've come to a place where I feel much more comfortable expressing my spirituality, expressing my beliefs, living in my truth, but it wasn't always like that. When I was younger, my family and I would attend both Christian church and a synagogue because my father is Jewish and my mother is Christian. And so growing up, I was exposed to both. And there were many positives to having been exposed to both. I feel very blessed and fortunate to have been exposed to both. I loved the the traditions. I loved the lessons about love and the values that both religions instilled upon me. I enjoyed attending both and connecting with the people that were there, no matter if it was at synagogue or at church. I felt very blessed to be able to experience both of those things. Despite those positives, 
I was still seeing how religion fit into my life. I was having a hard time giving myself wholeheartedly to either one. I had a feeling that there was more out there and that this couldn't just be it. I did hear things about if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. And that didn't resonate with me because of what I learned through Judaism. In Judaism, Jesus, of course, existed, but not having the same impact as he did in Christianity. And so there was a paradox that was created for me between the two religions. And so for a long time, when I would either attend synagogue or church, I was figuring out what felt right to me. So when I was in high school, at that time, I was attending Korean church with my mom and my sister. My dad would attend during the, uh, the, special, the special holidays. I was still deciding how I felt towards Jesus and everything he represented within the Christian religion. And I was still feeling pretty confused and unsure and unclear and felt like I was really trying hard to feel full conviction for, for that religion and, and everything that came along with it. But it just was not clicking for me. I just And I didn't understand why. I thought something was wrong with me because everyone around me, granted I was in church, but everyone around me just seemed to know without a doubt how they felt when it came to, to their religious beliefs. I, I felt a bit out of place and I felt like I was the only one having this internal struggle. So you can imagine my surprise when during this time of internal struggle, I had a dream visitation from none other than Jesus himself. <laughs> and I remember in that visitation, he came walking towards me uh, through this tunnel. He was surrounded by mist. It was like pastel pinks and blues and purples that were sort of surrounding him and swirling around him. And he was coming towards me through this tunnel. He was on the arm of a grayed out man. Uh, I didn't see him other than his arm. His arm looked very strong, masculine arm. And Jesus was walking arm in arm with this man who I couldn't see, but I definitely saw Jesus because Jesus was in color. It was really interesting. He was in blue and white, like in a robe sort of toga, toga outfit. I remember him being rather short, <laughs> thinking, well, he's kind of petite. <laughs> so that was kind of an interesting thought amidst having this visitation occurring. And he only asked me one thing. He asked me, to spread his word. And as soon as he asked me that, my mind was probably going a million miles a minute because I knew the internal tr struggle that I was having. And I was surprised, one, that he would ask somebody who just didn't seem to be fully convicted either way. And two, I was not comfortable with evangelizing. I was not comfortable with trying to convince others of something that I wasn't fully convinced of myself. And so 
I was very confused by his request of me, but I did tell him that I would try. <laughs> and that seemed to be enough for him because after that he, he left and that was it. And I remember waking up from that visitation, from that dream, and just being both confused and in awe at the same time. Also feeling so unworthy <laughs> at the same time. So many emotions were going on in my head because I knew at that I knew that that was a visitation. It was not a dream. There was just no way. It was so clear and vivid, and I was so um, I had many emotions about it. I just knew that it wasn't just a dream, and that dream has stuck with me for many, 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 many years up until recently. It was around that same time, too, that I discovered Sylvia Brown and her books. And Sylvia Brown was a psychic medium who has since passed, but she wrote a lot about spirituality. She wrote a lot about the other side and spirit guides and angels and, and opened my eyes up to all these different ideas of spirituality that I didn't know existed. But when I read her books and I learned about guides and I learned about the other side and everything you know, the mother God, along with the father God, just all these different things that it, it clicked for me. It made so much sense. And I couldn't wait to read her next book. I think I owned like 10 of her books <laughs> at one point um, because the information was just so good to me. And it just felt so right. Like I had found what I was unknowingly searching for. I thought that my answer was, was between the two religions that I was brought up with. Little did I know that that answer was actually going to be something else that would be introduced to me later. And it was through Sylvia Brown that I learned about spirit guides. And in one of her books, she had mentioned to meet your own spirit guide, you ask them to visit you in a dream. And so I did that. I took her advice. I asked, if I have a spirit guide, please visit me in my dreams. And that was it. And I waited, probably waited about two weeks before I finally had a dream. And in that dream, there was a man, young man, probably in his 20s, maybe early 30s. There was a young man and he was standing there kind of floating, floating above what looked like tree trunks, but the, the space was pretty black. But there were, now that I'm thinking about it, they looked like tree trunks or something underneath him, beams, I don't know, something. And I looked at him. And he looked just like the child actor from the Indian in the cupboard. And I remember thinking like, that's weird, <laughs> but uh, noted. And I asked him, are you my spirit guide? And he said, yes. And then I asked him, what's your name? And he said, Jason. And I woke up from that dream and I knew right away that it was a visitation and it wasn't a dream. And then that's how I met Jason. And I believe that I met Jason that early on because I was to know that he was with me from that point on. He was with me before then too, but I didn't get to officially introduce, get introduced until that dream. Prior to that incident, I had had experiences of meeting past loved ones in dreams. When my grandmother passed away from cancer, I was in high school and the night that she passed, I had a dream with her. She was glowing and she was radiant. She looked healthy. And I said, grandma, 
you're all better. And at this point, I knew that she was very sick. She was in hospice. We had just visited her in hospice, so I knew she was sick. And in that dream, I said, Grandma, you're all better. And she said, yes, I am. And it was the next morning that we found out that she had passed that night before. And that sort of started the dream visitations from other people who have passed, friends, family members, family members of friends, co-workers of people, uh, just passing on short little messages or just saying hi, letting me know that they're okay, knowing that I'll pass it on. Other things occurred in my life as well. Our old family dog, Dusty, visiting me while I was in the between the awake and dream state and remember petting him and knowing I was in my bedroom. It was morning time. The sun was out, but I was still asleep, but I was awake. Um, and if you've never been in that state, it's really hard to explain. But if you've been in that state, you know what I'm talking about. And it was just very, very vivid. And when I was done petting him, he went to leave and I saw him go, th go through the wall. And I said, Dusty, come back. And he turned around, came back, and I got to pet him some more. That was also pretty significant for me as well because I learned that a lot happens for me in between that dream and awake state. The veil becomes very thin at that point. As the years went on, I graduated from college, started nursing school, got a job in, in, you know, as a nurse, got married, had children. So different things in life sort of took over by that point, and spirituality sort of took a backseat, I guess more so I could be grounded and get myself situated and settled in life. And then in 2019, I had an incident happen. It was at work, and I did something that I knew I shouldn't have, but I did it anyways, and I went against my intuition, and it got me into some trouble. And it was after that that I decided that I wanted to learn to hone in on my intuition because I felt it. I felt my intuition telling me, don't do this. It didn't feel right, but I did it anyways. And I didn't want that to happen again. So I set out to learn to hone in on my intuition. Prior to that, intuition wasn't talked about perhaps on the scale that it is these days, at least not in the books I read or the conversations that I had or the resources that I had at that time, sort of pre-Facebook, pre-YouTube, I thought that intuition just meant learning to listen better to that inkling, you know, that gut feeling that you get, whether you shouldn't do something or you should. And I thought that that's what it was. And I thought that that's what I was set out to do. Little did I know what asking to hone in on my intuition, what really was going to mean to me. And for me, I had a friend tell me about a, a psychic at a lo local new age store and I decided to go visit with her for the first time. And I went very, you know, I went open-minded. I went a little bit doubtful. It was my first time. And, you know, I had my preconceived notions, things that I learned through cultures, you know, media um, about psychics at that time. And so I just kind of went in with an open mind, partly just, okay, let's see, this, this is going to be fun. Let's see what they say. Part of me also hoping that um, it's legitimate, but being open to the fact that it might not be. And when I went to go visit the psychic, I was absolutely blown away by her. And she changed the course of my journey because she told me that my intuition was strong, which I had a feeling because I felt it and ignored it. <laughs> and I'd done that before. 
bad relationships and not listening to red flags and things like that. But she told me that she wanted me to start meditating and that was going to help me hone in on my intuition. And at the time I was fearful of meditation, believe it or not. I was fearful that while meditating, I was going to open myself up to who knows what, and my body was going to get occupied by someone else. (laughs) And now when I say it, it sounds so silly, but those were my, those were my fears at the time. I didn't know much about meditation. I also thought that meditation was for yogis and gurus who, you know, who would spend hours on end cliffside in lotus position. I just, I, I had my preconceived notions. I'm telling you, I was not very well educated at the time, but I was open to learning. And that to me was what was important. And so when she told me that I am protected and I'm so loved that nothing was going to happen to me, that was all I needed. That was all the reassurance that I needed. And the reason why it resonated from her is because everything else that she was saying to me up until that point was true. Uh, they were um, like these aha moments. And I just really believed what she had to say. And that helped me to trust when she told me to meditate. And I'm glad that I did because meditation was just step one of all of this. I started to meditate. And what that did was it started to rewire my thinking. It rewired my brain. And it allowed me to learn how to focus more and maybe sort of zone out and tune in more. And in doing so, what I didn't realize was happening was that it was allowing my guides, those on my team, my soul team, to start to create this line of communication, uh, this clearer line of communication. Because once you quiet your mind, you're able to receive that guidance from the other side. I didn't realize that that was going to happen. I just thought it was going to, I didn't know what to expect, to be honest. I just, just wanted to hone in on my intuition. That's all I wanted to do. But now I know that when I said I want to hone in on my intuition, it meant that I actually wanted to hone in on my psychic mediumship abilities I wanted to hone in on my ability to connect with my guides and my team who were speaking to me through my intuition, because then I learned that I was channel writing. So after I had already started meditating, and I don't think it's because of meditation, I just think that that was part of my plan, part of my journey. But I did learn that when I went back back to school and was writing papers, that that came rather naturally to me. And I had another psychic tell me that I was actually channel writing. And I was kind of floored and it made so much sense because I was actually really nervous to go back to school. I was concerned about the writing part. I didn't consider myself a strong writer. But when I was back in school and started writing, I was like, oh, wow, like this is great. Like the words are popping into my mind. It's making sense. I'm able to explain what I want to. And I felt like I was doing a really good job. And the psychic, she was so sweet. She said, you can feel like you're doing a good job and, you know, and pat yourself on the back, but do know you're actually getting a lot of help from the other side. And it made so much sense. And so I thought, well, right now I I seem to be channeling unintentionally. What would happen if I channeled intentionally? And so I did. And I just posed a simple question and I wrote down whatever response came into my mind and it came out, you know, word for word. It wasn't like a full sentence all at once. And so I just wrote down word for word and it formed a sentence 
And I just continued to do that until I was able to get, you know, paragraphs. And it wasn't just, you know, one word here and there or one sentence here and there. I was starting to write significantly more. And that was also a form of meditation because the writing helps you to quiet the part of your mind that is busy, gives it a task, something to do, while the other part of your mind is able to receive the information from the other side. And so that aided in my connection and my, my communication with my guides and whoever else I decided I wanted to channel with. It was then that I started to get the inkling for mediumship um, as far as connecting with those who have passed. And <laughs> you know, you already heard, I was scared to meditate. I was not surprisingly scared to connect with those who have passed because in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm opening myself up to seeing ghosts now. Like, what am I doing? And when I learned that I could work with my team and my guides, it made it less scary for me. And so that's what I did. And I started dabbling. I got the intuitive nudge to start practicing mediumship. And as I did, and it resonated, what I was getting was resonating with people. And I was working with my team. I realized how not scary it was. And so I followed my intuition to start that and dabble with that. It's in about uh, 2020 was when this happened, early 2020, that I started dabbling in in mediumship. And then I decided to take a healing touch class, an energy healing class. And that led to a whole nother avenue of what I had no idea I was capable of. But I just continued to follow those intuitive breadcrumbs. And in doing so, it also connected me with more people. The same psychic that I saw the first time, I saw a second time. And she told me to make sure that I'm writing all my experiences down because she saw me writing a book. And at the time I was not really sure if that was for me. You know, the thought had crossed my mind, but I'm like, what am I going to say to fill up a book? Um, it just didn't feel like I was capable. And so I kind of just acknowledged it, but then let it go. And then another dear friend of mine asked me the same thing, completely unrelated to the psychic. And she asked me, are you writing everything down? Because I see you writing a book. And I said, you know what? <laughs> I probably need to consider writing a book. That's two people already, two separate people who've told me. I know my guides. I know they use other people to relay messages to me if I'm just not getting it the first time around. And so as soon as I said, okay, I'm going to write a book, I couldn't wait to get started. It was like, that's all I needed to do to get the motivation going for my guides to be given the green light and for us to just get going. And I started writing the book by channel writing because I knew that I was writing this with my guides. And so Jason ended up writing the forward to my current book, Jason, my spirit guide, my book called Guided. And that's how Guided came to fruition. My intuition has also led me to try crossing over work as well, where I help spirits who have not yet crossed over to cross over. And that has been a pretty incredible journey so far. And I'm really proud of myself for overcoming that fear of, you know, ghosts and things like that. And just really getting to the core of who that spirit is and that they're just another person like you and I, somebody's daughter, mother, parent, sibling, whatever, that just needs help to go home to the other side to be with who they're supposed to be with and where they're supposed to be. And so I continue to follow my intuition to where I am now where I have been guided to start a podcast and to share more with more people and to also share about other people's intuitive stories as well. 
from where they were pre-awakening to currently. Because I think it's really important to be able to showcase what it could look like, not so that you can compare your journey to theirs or mine, but so you can see what intuition might look like and you might be able to relate to some of it. And so that you also know that you aren't alone in your journey, whether you're still searching, whether you're still in awakening mode or post-awakening mode, wherever you are in your incredible, beautiful journey that's perfect just for you. It never hurts to hear how others did it and made it through and have found their way to what feels like their current purpose, I should say, because that's always changing. And so I look forward to sharing more with you guys about intuition and about our soul teams and about how loved you are and how supported you truly are. And if there was some advice that I could give my younger self, perhaps before I met Jason, before I became acquainted with spirituality and had what I considered my first awakening around the time that I met Jason and found Sylvia Brown's books, I would tell Laura from back then that continue to have the patience and continue to just be curious and continue to follow that feeling where you are super excited to learn and explore something and know that that is your intuition guiding you. You are so loved. You are so protected. You have so much to offer and it's going to be an amazingly fun ride. Thanks so much for listening. And that was another episode of a guided life podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and until next time, love and light always.